I'm sure a Neanderthal with a micro penis looked at a Neanderthal with like a baby arm and went, I'm fucking killing that guy because my dick's small. I'm sure he did. It's the same. You think he took the the baby arm penis and try to like attach it. He, he may have, it's really no different than here in Wichita. These guys with these fucking trucks, the size of a fucking semi with no goddamn muffler. And it's like, why would you want to drive? Just, I mean, just why would you want to drive a vehicle? Number one, that big that uses that much gas. And is that motherfucking noisy? Why would you want to? It's ridiculous, but you do it because you have a small penis and you want to compensate. And Neanderthals aren't above that. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. So Israel, it's a place. It is a place. I said that a lot in my recordings. Yes, you did. And and that was, you know, I'm still in that space where I'm processing a lot of it. It was a lot. It was a, it was a big trip. It was a trip. Um, you know, going into it, I had very negative feelings. Yeah, you were you were you were not looking forward to this trip on the outside. That's true. I, I was I was looking forward to. I love traveling. Like I was looking forward to the travel part of it. I was looking forward to being with my family in that dynamic. Um, and I was using those things to get over my anger and frustration that I've been carrying with me about Israel and Judaism and how intertwined they are for decades. Uh, nothing really got unwound. There's still a lot of granny knot yeah. in that relationship. Um, but it's, there's still a lot to unpack because first, and I, and I said this, you know, in last week's recordings, it is not the war zone or the political shit show, you know, that I, had had made it up to be in my head in my my very you know teenage emo boy in you know fucking head um you know well it's, it's interesting it's a lot that you say that because, because, because you, every- you live in you live in chicago exactly. and exactly. from kansas from the kansas perspective chicago's like the murder capital oh my god you can't walk down the streets you can't get on the l without being accosted yep. everything's bad there's shooting everywhere well you live in chicago yeah some of that stuff that stuff happens but it's it's a big place and uh you the know only time you're, you're i've ever fine been, yeah i mean and, and it's like that that woman from wichita that i met yeah. at dead sea who's who made I just wish y'all would do something about your violence or about your crime. Uh, fuck off. Because the, the only time that I felt like nervous for my life in Chicago is when I'm, and this has been a long time, but it's when I was like drinking in a bar in Lincoln Park with a bunch of finance bros. And not because yeah. I was afraid they were going to hurt me, because I was like, what am I doing with my life that brought me here? Yeah. You know, that's it. <laughs> More of an existential fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only time, the only time, I mean, I was, and I've told this story before. I don't know if I've told on the Apecast, but I, you know, in Chicago, I was there 30 years. 
and and I will probably live my last five out in Chicago at some point. Uh, last five. Well, you know, yes, you know, the, the his his if if genealogy oh, and history. July second, I hey, I got five if, years. I better move back back home to Chicago. The thing is, if history and genealogy has any bearing at all in reality, um, you know, I'm going to die of a heart attack in the next uh, probably seven years. You know, on that, on that point, let me just know. jump in here really quickly because Harry asked me an interesting question yesterday. He said, Daddy, when I'm 50, how old will you be? Hang on, let me go get my calculator. So he runs upstairs, comes back like a minute later. I'm still solving the problem in my head because I'm an idiot with math. Yeah. He's got to figure it out. So I will be, when my son is 50, uh-huh. I will be 89. Yeah. And he says, he says, wow. Daddy, will you, will you still be alive when you're 89? And I said, I I hope so. But like, I don't know. I might, look, we've got longevity in our family. Yeah, yeah. You you you're gonna live to 89. I'll be lucky if I get to 65. You know, I mean, and that's again, again, it, 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 it's not like this doomsaying thing. It's just okay. Look at the reality is. My dad died of a heart attack uh, before he was 65. My uncle, who I'm named for, died at 62 of a heart attack on a tennis court. My grandfather died of a heart attack at 58. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy, the men in my family pretty much croak of heart attacks every time and always before 65. And so, you know, I'm 57. I'm looking at it and like, okay, yeah, sure. I work out that those guys, none of them actually took advantage of working out that was not a thing in their culture that was not what they did um but i smoke they all smoked i drink i don't drink excessively but you know i drink yeah they all drank and they i mean grand let's let's be honest my my, my grandfather and my uncle drank a fucking lot yeah they were they were full-blown alcoholics so i'm i'm not in that but the reality is you know i may, maybe i maybe i get a couple more years on them yeah but if if you go with genealogy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what's going to happen, and that doesn't mean I'm just going to give up. It just means, yeah. You know, but and I'm also not going to spend like the next five or six years of my life doing everything I can possibly do to stay alive five more years. I'm just not. That's just to me, that's a waste of the time I've got. Yeah, but but you'll spend your last five years in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and, and but the the in the thirty years I was there, I was mugged three times. <laughs> Um, all three, yeah, all three times were by young black men. Two were by gunpoint. One, I just got beaten with a board, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, you know, and, and it's one of those things where, where I look at, I look at, you're talking about the woman from Wichita. I look at the people from Wichita and, you know, when you have that experience, does it make sense? Is it reasonable if, for three times in Chicago, I'm attacked by black men over 30 years that I would assume that if the next time I get attacked, it's going to be by a black man. That's totally reasonable because that's the trend. However, that's not how life works, you know? So I can say, oh, well, all the men in my family died before 65 of a heart attack. That does not mean that I'm going to die of a heart attack before I'm 65. It just means, okay, that's the thing. It, and so that's the thing I look at uh, the predicting thing is like hearing you talk about Israel, you were like, and I was, I was like, oh man, it's going to be a hotbed of bombs and you're going to get bombed and you're going to, and of course it's not that. Of it, course it's it, not that. But it's more complicated in, than that. And it's very, very much more complicated than that. Um, there was a moment 
when we crossed over into Palestine-controlled country, where Bethlehem is, because we went to Bethlehem, uh, which is where your mom's Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born. Um, I think it's important to point it out. This I know this is said a thousand times by a thousand liberals everywhere. Bethlehem is in Israel, which is in the Middle East. Most of the people that I saw while I was in Israel, in the Middle East, who were likely born there, raised there, lived there, will die there. Olive skin complexion, larger noses, curlier hair sometimes. Jesus wasn't, didn't look like the dude hanging in the, in the churches i just of course not like, of course not and i've been to bethlehem i know what they what they're shitting out of their cooters like they don't look like that they they just they they don't jesus christ it's embarrassing like it is emb- even the churches for the christ like the church of ascension where the catholics believe jesus was uh crucified and and buried um the paintings all that shit even in the middle east the paintings look fucking european it is it well, is insane to me. There's a line there's a it, line in, in, in the latest Indiana Jones it's we'll talk about later. Well there's a line in in, in, in in the latest Indiana Jones that I think is funny because it, it, it cuts to the heart of what you're talking about is he says she's she's like uh you know he says she says do you believe in magic now you know because we're talking about the style of destiny and yeah he says you know i've seen a lot of weird shit yeah i mean this is a complete paraphrase of the movie I've seen a lot of weird shit but he says i don't think it's what you believe that makes a difference it's how hard you believe it and that i think is the quintessential you know it's like okay it's it's you can believe in jesus but how hard do you believe in Jesus? I believe Jesus existed. Sure. And I guarantee you, in my mind, what I believe is, yeah, he was probably a darker skin, bigger nose. He was, he was a Jew. I mean, that's, he was, he was born Bethlehem. in that area. He, yeah. That's, that's uh, so it makes per- perfect sense. But, you know, and I, and I think my mom, who is, uh, you know, very, very Jesus oriented, would, would agree with that. Yeah. He would agree with that. Yet, I know if you say Jesus to my mom, the image she's going to have yeah. in her head is this white, you know, like kind of Matthew McConaughey, yeah. uh, you know, you know, that's from, the, the yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like, you know, he's just like this good looking, pretty ripped. And you know why? That's you a know. good point. Because do you know why Matthew McConaughey, this is, uh, this is going to break your brain, but. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to have my brain broken. Why Matthew McConaughey's catchphrase is "All right, all right, all right." We got three all rights. Do you know why? Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. <laughs> nail in the hands. Nail in the feet. One, two, three. Boom. That's it's the three nails and the Trinity. That's why. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is Jesus, but the white version. Okay. So crossing over to Bethlehem. Uh, we had to like we had to bring our our passports with us just in case because there are checkpoints. No, oh, yeah. Um, and we didn't get boarded or anything like that, so we didn't we didn't ultimately need our our passports, but you need them just in case. Um, but our tour guide, who is booked through, it's Globus is the name of the tour. When we got to Bethlehem, he couldn't give the tour. And I'm not sure. The way that he described it was that because we were in Palestine, like an Israeli-friendly tour group could not be led 
by an Israeli-friendly tour group guide. That's how I understood it. So they switched over to this guy, Isa, which name, his name in, it, it translates to, uh, to Jesus. McConaughey. Right. Yeah, McConaughey. Right. Um, this guy got on and the best way to describe, he was jovial and wonderful and didn't say anything bad about the Jews. Um, <laughs> but he looked like a younger Palestinian Robert De Niro. The whole day, <laughs> the whole day he's going and he's like, he's great. I'm loving this guy. And, and I'm looking I'm like, fuck, who does he look like? He looks, I, I feel so comfortable with him. I know this guy. What is that face? So at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're on a tour bus with like 40 other people. And there's this Swedish guy, really wonderful guy, really playful. And he goes, do you know who he looked like to you? And I can't do a Swedish accent, but. That's the worst was Swedish that? accent. Was that? That was uh, broken English. It was like that broken. Was, uh, that was like basic, like basic broken English. Yeah, yeah, broken English. Uh, One hundred and four. The laugh. Yeah, um, it was sort of like Tarzan, except with an accent. Do you so know the, what he looked like? So the, the Swedish guy goes, <laughs> "You know what he looks like, don't you?" And and I was like, "I no, I don't. This is killing me." He goes, "It's Robert De Niro." And my, like, my face kind of melted. I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, I needed a cigarette afterwards. Like, oh, that felt good. Yeah. Like, the buildup and the release. And then all of a sudden, you hear, dum, dum, da da dum, 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 da 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 Yeah, yeah, I get you. So what Issa said is he was, like, leaving our bus. We'd all tipped him money, you know, which is fine. Um, he said, all I ask is pray for Jerusalem. Pray for peace. Tal, who was our tour guide, he goes, Tal is Jewish. I'm Palestinian. We're brothers. We're, you know, we're, we're friends. We are good, good friends. We've been brothers. We've been friends for years. There is no reason that we shouldn't be. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for peace. And I shit you not, Don, I put my sunglasses down and I, I fucking cried. There you go. Yeah. Because here I was in this place that i built up in my head that is just this hateful like well you know battle of the of the star-bellied sneeches throwing or butter butter battle book is that the the dr seuss one where they they have the weapons that just get bigger bigger and bigger oh yeah 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 they get down to the little one yeah yeah. um i think it's the butter battle book uh it's it's not as bad as it had been in my head it's it's much better and there are people not only in israel but in Palestine, that just, just people want to fucking get along. Well, it's not even that, and they're yeah, not it's like, I can't. by their religious bullshit or their and religious then you, history. And you stood up with tears in your eyes, and then took your sunglasses off and says, oh, "My Captain, buddy, hey, Captain." No, you said, "My buddy in 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 Wichita, Kansas." Well, he he came up from a poor background. He's he's you know he doesn't come from money, and I come from money, and we still we would just we get along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I have and and my wife I, my wife is Gentile, and I'm Jew, and and we get along. We created a baby, and he's not even conflicted. And I and just I, I just and I hate it. Marjorie Taylor Green, and then you start to get the eyes, the red eyes, Marjorie Taylor Green, and your skin turns green, and you go nuts. I just I, I recited the um. <laughs> the great Shakespearean play, uh, Country Mouse and City Mouse. 
<laughs> right. I am actually the country mouse right now. Yes. Right yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm the city mouse in the country going, what the fuck? Yeah. So what? yeah. Yeah. Plumbing. Yeah. What the hell are you people talking about? But it was, Hay seeds. was little moments like that. I mean, when we went to the Western wall, you know, which is the, like the holiest site for, for Jewish people. Yeah, and, and, and others, um, but like Jewish because it's the last remaining wall of the second temple that was destroyed. And you know, I'm forgetting I'm also surrounded by incredible, incredibly old buildings where shit may or may not have happened, you know. <laughs> but there was a lot of that. Like the whole thing with yeah. Jesus is, is we took the tour through the old the Jerusalem old city, and it was like we followed the the what is it? The 14 stations of the cross, 17 stations of the cross, 14. It's not, uh, whatever. And there are two ways you can go. So there's like technically 26 stations of the cross, depending on what you believe. The Catholics believe that Jesus went to this one place where he carried the cross, put it up, died, was buried here, resurrected. Yeah. The Protestant side of things believe he went this way and was crucified here and buried here so like but we went to both places and it's like wow this is okay this is where it it's kind of it's 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 kind of like the multiverse version of jesus yeah, exa that's exactly and one is. one version yeah. of it he did this over here here's some kryptonite it may or may not have come from a planet that he came from we don't know yeah. he maybe he flew maybe he just leaped tall buildings you know it, yeah, yeah it's all just um but i went to the western wall and that that's still and that's you know what third century type shit i mean it's it's old it's old it's really old and you touch it where thousands millions of people come from all over the world for thousands of years yeah here and touch this wall that human experience that shared human experience something you said in last week's episode about like i, I love the line and i'm paraphrasing here but in the second century, people woke up just like us and they were like, oh, fuck, not today. You know, like they just, <laughs> it's the same shit, right? So I go there and you touch it and the wall feels a little oily and worn down because of all the hands, you know, throughout the years, but it's still that wall. And that sort is, of like Madonna's ass. A lot like Madonna's ass. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> what you do with the wall is people write notes, you know, little prayers and they stick them in the, the cracks because that's where God checks his mail. That's God's mailbox. So I wrote a thing and it was like a page long in a, you know, one of these, uh, what are these things called? The it's like a post-it. No, no, it's a, uh, like a legal. Oh yeah. One of those uh, Moleskine. 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 Yeah. yeah Moleskine yeah. journal. journal so yeah. it's not like a long note, but I wrote a, a long one, real small handwriting. Did you leave a return, ad return address in case he wants to reply? <laughs> I might've left my phone number at the bottom. Yeah, it's it's because you know because it's I'm just, pretty I'm inefficient really, I'm getting mail really bad. system. I'm getting really bad with the email, so it's like just yeah, it. it's it's a really yeah. bad, it's a really inefficient uh, mail system. If you can't, if he, you know, it's like here, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, t it's like what, well, what is God getting a mighty, whole bunch like of it? It's hard. Oh uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah, because because that is because that's the third that's the third multiverse of Jesus is pretty right. Almighty. <laughs> So I wrote this, I wrote the thing and I get up to the Western wall and I brought my, my talit, which is, you know, the, the Jewish shawl that they wear and had a yarmulke. Like I went, 
like old school David Jewish kid. Yeah. Because there's still that, and this is part of what I struggle with, right? Like there's, and I think I've, if I haven't said it on the Apecast, I, I think I've said it to you. Like, I do believe in God because I don't know how not to. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like I am an agnostic person because I can't prove, I can't disprove. Right. So like yeah. there are no facts to prove it. There are no facts to completely disprove it, but there are, I think more facts to disprove. But I'm just stuck in, in like my, uh, my formation as a kid. Like, I just don't know how not to. And there is some comfort in times of absolute, I don't fucking know what's going on with life where it's like, all right, God, like fucking fuck. Yeah. Right. And that's where religion came from. Like, why is, where's the sun going? Well, it's because there's a God in a chariot pulling it down because it's nighttime. Oh, okay. God's great. You know? It's complicated. It's so, it, it's so, it's very complex. complicated. And I think that if I didn't have an issue with Zionism and the, which is the racism, believing real hard. Yeah. It's yeah. the belief. I believe this thing so hard it, that I'm a fucking lunatic. Yeah. I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had, so to Isa, you remember the, the Palestinian Robert De Niro said, pray for Jerusalem. We want peace. Like, let the Jews and the Palestinians just be brothers yeah. and sisters and whatever's in between. Versus, there was a rabbi at the temple that I grew up at who once said at the end of a sermon during either Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, the holiest days in the, in the Jewish calendar, he gave some prayer and he translated it and it ended with, may an Iraqi never be at your doorstep. Jesus Christ. Well, this is like early 2000. This was during the... when. The Iraqi invade when U.S. invaded Iraq. Here is a rabbi, which translates in English to teacher. And you know my other issue with my other rabbi. Oh, I know. Right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, I've read. I've so read. This guy is preaching fucking racist hate. Like he didn't say, "May a terrorist who wants to kill you and your family never be at your doorstep." He just said, "An Iraqi, any fucking Iraqi will do." A child of four years old. Well, it's an Iraqi. Well, we don't want that. This hateful motherfucker. And that was about the point where I went, fuck this, fuck that guy, fuck this temple, fuck the people that keep paying this guy's salary, fuck this shit. I was done with that. Yeah. And then I've got some fucking Robert De Niro looking motherfucker on a bus who's just telling me bullshit stories about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, saying with absolute sincerity to strangers Dude, we just want peace. If you're going to pray, yeah. pray, you know, th throw a quick one in for Jerusalem, if you don't mind. Yeah. Are you familiar with Mark Twain's uh, prose piece, uh, a short story called The War Prayer? That was written by Samuel Clemens, but whatever, go on. Uh, okay. Um, no, that, that, I think. <laughs> and that's literary humor. Wow. Um, I think that piece was the beginning of my, cause I was you know, real born again, uh, early on, but I think that piece was the first time I started to really look at exactly what you're saying. Cause the war prayer is basically it's world war one. Everybody's, you know, they're, they're sending off their sons and daughters to go fight the hun, you know, this kind of thing. And, uh, the preacher's up there and he's praying for, you know, victory in battle and this kind of thing. And this old man walks in and just walks up and kind of pushes the, the, the preacher aside 
and offers a prayer. And his prayer is actually what you're really praying for when you pray for victory in war, which is let us kill. I mean, it's, it's yeah. longer than this, but it's like, let us fucking kill their women and children. Let us take their shit. I mean, it's just brutal. Yeah. And then he walks out and it's like, and that, and that story has really resonated with me when it comes to going to that Indiana Jones thing. It's not what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. And, 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 and yeah, so there's some hard belief out there and, and, and that's, so, so I get in my talus, put on my yarmulke, and I go to the Western Wall, and I I stick my moleskin prayer. I did. I didn't actually leave my phone number, but I did title it because ultimately, because God, he does have a proofreader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I'm gonna, a writer, and yeah, if, he's gonna this, he's gonna say David Himmel didn't give me a fucking headline. What's the fucking point? Yeah, I headlined it at the bottom. I dated it, and I put my name on it. So if it's full, like. I want credit. If, I, it's if got a God pub, if, it's if got it a gets published, line. if yeah. it gets published in the Bible, at some point you want the goddamn byline. That's yeah. it. I love that. So I, I found a. I mean, and you know, this wall stuffed with notes, and you know, like I was saying, you know, over the years it gets worn down because of the oily hands and everybody touching it, and there's fewer, there's not as many cracks as there once were. I'm assuming, um, like Madonna's ass, like Madonna's ass. It's just one little hole where the sphincter pushes the. Yeah, yeah, and then a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, surgery, and it's smooth in a in an unrealistic sort of uncanny valley way. It's worth touching though, just to experience it. Always, always, yeah. yeah. Madonna's ass is great. So I found a a little hole down at the bottom of the wall, <laughs> and I take my note and I get down there and I shove it up and back. Like I basically like found the the wall's G spot, like up and back. Yeah, you fisted, you fisted the wall. Yeah. I, stuck my my note of prayer and whatever and i the the nut of the prayer was you know peace and health and longevity and that kind of stuff for my children and my wife and myself and my friends and you know pretty generic general general generic general general yeah genero holly genero who's holly genero i don't (sighs) it's the name of a character in a movie Probably oh, that's uh, no, that's 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 no, that's Bruce Willis's wife in Die Hard. There you go. Sorry. That's it. Nice. <laughs> well, we got there fast. Nice job. I mean, it was like I know that name. Why do I know that name? That's how. Um, and I and I in the prayer, I prayed for peace in Jerusalem. Because, and Holly Gennaro. and not and not just because Isa asked me to, but because I felt. Like, yeah, world peace, man, right? Like, wouldn't that be fucking great? Like, it's never going to happen because we're humans. And since the dawn of us being able to walk upright, we've been wanting to kill each other. Yeah. Water, for land, for I want your shit. Whatever. Yeah. I want your shit and your girlfriend. And I would, you know, I'd like your big dick. So I'm going to hit you with a brick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like your big dick. I'd like to have it. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I'd like to have, you know, your dick is bigger than mine. So I have to hit you with a brick because I can't just accept myself because I want the thing you have because. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. I've never hit anybody because they have a big dick, but I, I but, you know, there are people that are so the filled with envy. Yeah. They had a different kind of brain and maybe. Yeah. And they walked like, around without pants. They yeah. walked, their dicks were hanging out all the time because they were, they were not, they were just a little bit better than, you know, apes and they were. 
Their dicks are hanging out. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure a Neanderthal with a micro penis looked at a Neanderthal with like a baby arm and went, "I'm fucking killing that guy because my dick's small." I'm sure he did. It's the sick. You think he took the the baby arm penis and tried to like attach it? He he may have. It's really no different than here in Wichita. These guys with these fucking trucks the size of a fucking semi, yeah, with no goddamn muffler. And it's like, why would you want to drive? Just I mean, just why would you want to drive a vehicle number one that big that uses that much gas and is that motherfucking noisy? It's why would you want to? Too. It's ridiculous, but you do it because you have a small penis and you want to compensate. And then Neanderthals aren't above that. No, they're not above that. That's why that's why Neanderthal with a micro penis had a much bigger brick than baby arm. Fair. So I think that my I think that my my prayer for peace in Jerusalem was also about peace for my own shit in my relationship to religious David and I, some, some, some conflict resolution. Yeah, yeah. Some conflict resolution. I mean, yes, it was also like, stop killing each other guys. You know, come on, fuck off. But like so much of my turning away from religion, turning away from Judaism, anger with Judaism Anger with the temple that I grew up in. Anger with my dad for being on the temple board that continued to pay this motherfucking rabbi, this hateful Zionist fucking cunt, comes from <laughs> the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yeah, it is born. It is is I don't born of that, but it it well, it's yeah. It, it, the thing is, it's Hatfields and McCoys. I mean, it, and yeah. I've always thought this about almost all these global conflicts. It's Hatfields and McCoys. At a certain point fourth generation Hatfield doesn't have any fucking clue why they're at war with the McCoys, but they just know they're bad. They're the, they're the family we have to fight. Yeah. They don't know why they're fighting them. They don't have any really reason to fight them. They just, it's just generational. It's family after family. It's like, well, to me, it's, it, it, it is the quintessential uh, source of where most racism I think comes from. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's not like, because kids are not born racist. No. They got to learn it, and they learn it from their families and, and to some degree media, because as kids are now being raised by television and, and streaming, you know, they, they're going to learn it from. And it's it's just, you you don't know why you don't like them, yeah, but they're different. And so, and you've been told by behaviors and all this stuff that different is bad and thus we must kill the different and and and, and obviously you know different has a bigger dick than me so that's just sure. kind of how it that's kind of how it works out well yeah i mean different is black don so like oh see i don't see different as black i see different as well wealthy, i was just talking about the bigger dicks. oh oh well okay okay so i'm just thinking about yeah okay and what i just said is probably racist but in a good way it's a stereotype. It's a positive stereotype. It's sort of like gay men are clean and in shape. That's a stereotype. Right. But it's not, it's not like, that's not a shitty stereotype. That's like, yeah, okay. I mean, because there are definitely some fat, slovenly gay men, but yeah. you know, the, the, you know, the, the stereotype is that they're very clean and, and, and impeccably fit. Well, it's that's like not the, a bad you know, stereotype. stereotype that Jews are rich. Like I'll take that one. Sure. I mean, well, I, it's I'm not no. rich, but like, <laughs> I'm not yeah. poor. 
I don't know. Katie last night told me we were poor. I bought yesterday. I went to Target. It, Harry and I had a day out and we went to Target. And I bought a bunch of beach shit because, like, yeah, we needed shovels and buckets and um, and I wanted to get like a pop up like a cover tent for because it was sure. forty bucks and I was like, fuck it, we need yeah. it for the baby and Katie and and I was like, oh, and I can buy. We need a wagon. And I bought a bunch of shit and Katie's like, we yeah. don't need that. We have no money right now. Like, stop spending money. <laughs> Well, the next time Katie, next time Katie says we're poor, David, then you look at her and it, with a straight face and say that Don says anybody that is in Israel and can afford to buy ticket, plane tickets on the fly with a credit card. Oh, ain't no. Poor. Oh, no. Do you think that we're going to pay off the credit card this month? No, 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 no. I doesn't know. But the fact no. that you have a credit card that allows you to do sure. that indicates that, yeah. Poor is not what you are. Trust me. I I know. The guy the guy over here on Broadway here in Wichita who's pissed off that I won't give him change, he didn't have a credit card. And yeah. he couldn't get a he won't have a credit card for the rest of his life. They give credit he's cards poor. to everyone. Has he tried applying? Yeah, Open we didn't your have laptop, a house. buddy. Jump yeah. on your yeah. laptop. Apply. Dude, your get your card. fucking iPad out. You can and, do it from yeah. your phone. What's wrong with this guy? Exactly. You see, the poor people are just lazy. That's what it is, Don. Too lazy to get out their iPhone and <laughs> open the Citibank app and just apply. Yeah. Rorschach. Oh, you got more? No, I, I don't. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, yes, I have so much more, but I'm going to write about it. Like, I've started writing okay. about it. And because that's the thing, man. Like, it was. You got a lot to parse. It's a lot, a lot to parse. And, and we only just touched on. I think like the religious part of things, like I've got to start yeah. picking apart. It just, it goes deep. It goes deep and wide. Okay. Like that Neanderthals dingus. Wow. And now we're sack of the news. Your first Rorschach in, if it doesn't pass in California, California's reparations proposal moves to Newsom state lawmakers. Okay, so I've been in another country focused on myself. <laughs> so what's going on here? <laughs> uh, basically, uh, the lawmakers, uh, there, there is a big move uh, in California where they are, they're, they're, they're forwarding, and it is moving up a reparations bill for people who were born of chattel slavery. And uh, it's now gone to the governor and the state lawmakers and, you know, it's in California. So if, if reparations doesn't pass in California, yeah, it may never pass anywhere else. So it's like that, that that's 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 some of the news is that the, and it's actually a pretty it's a I mean, I've, I've read parts of it. I didn't read the whole bill, but uh, it's it's a good bill. It's it's at, yeah, least, I mean, I, at least addressing that we owe the money. So we owe the money. We, we yeah. owe the money. We need to make right. We need yeah. So let's hope it passes. That said, even if it passes in California, that might be the only state that gets it through because not every state is California. It's true. But yeah, I think it'd be. I mean, it, it feels like I, I haven't read the bill. I don't know all that's in there, but it still fe feels like too little, too late. But it's better than nothing. It's something. That's fair. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't think it's. Too, I don't. The thing about it is, if, if it's only too little, too late, if you can no longer figure out who is born of chattel slavery, or like, how are you going to get out of the shit that 
so many black families are in because the lack of opportunity and the lack of their property never have give fucking money. Yeah. Give money. But and they'll have the stuff. Yeah, but like to make up for generations of lost opportunity. Well, you know, there's you're no not way gonna you give can... them you're not gonna give them Rockefeller money. They're gonna get what? A couple hundred thousand, maybe? Hey, that's a lot, but yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's that that, that, that's not that ain't generational money. Well, they're, 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 no, of course not. You're, that's the thing is the concept of reparations. If the idea that you're you're going to make up for all of that indicates, uh, and and it and it it goes goes both ways. Is number one, it's it's actually not. There's just because who, whose word are you going to take for it? Because if I'm if I'm a black guy and you're giving me money and you're saying we're sorry and you know we we're making reparations, um, it is not my best interest to say okay, thank you, that's enough. Yeah, no, it's in my best interest to say, but where's the rest? Where's the rest? Yeah. What about the generational? On the other hand, the people paying for it right now probably didn't have slaves and probably didn't have any. And, and that argument is, it's like you know, it's we owe money. Mm-hmm. What I like about what I like about the bill is it really addresses it from a financial perspective, which is uh, you, you these people were promised forty acres and a mule. Yeah, how much? How much would forty acres and a mule? And I and I like in this bill some of the I, I, you know again the math gets a little uh, complicated for me to because I'm not going to get that into it. I'm not a politician or you know that big a deal. But but. Um, what is interesting is it's not just how much would 40 acres and a mule be today, because probably not that much, but it's what would, you know, how can we predict what you would do? Well, you don't know for a fact that those 40 acres would yield you any any money. Yeah. However, they're they're making that attempt. And I I, I appreciate that. I, yeah. I think that's I think, I think that's it's, legit. It's definitely a move in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. In number two, in okay. Then let's see just how effective DEI can be. Supreme Court reverses affirmative action ending race-conscious college admissions. This fucking Supreme Court. Um, (laughs) If their game is to level the playing field and, you know, true equality... I'm saying with air quotes and italicism, italicism, yeah. italics. Gennaro. Gennaro. Um, Robert Gennaro. Yes. Bruce Almighty's wife in Die Hard. Yeah, see, I was looking for something other than Die Hard. You, you just didn't have it. You were almost there if you'd had something. Walk Hard in Walk Hard. In Walk Hard. Thank Excellent. you. There we go. Right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You got it. That was fucking. <laughs> that was gymnastics. All right. Um, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, affirmative action. Um, if they want to like do the level the playing field, make it fair, whatever. Which I don't believe they want to do. I don't believe they want to do that because if they did, they would remove the. They would go farther. They would go further with it, and they would dismantle the opportunity for legacy admissions you know where it's easier for david himmel to get in to yale because his father graduated from yale and happens to give money to these things don't happen like i did not apply to yale my dad did not go to yale my my dad went to denver university and doesn't 
I got into DU when I applied, but my dad has never given legacy. But he's never given a single cent. But maybe legacy. But right. But like, get rid of that shit if you really want to level things out. So fuck them. This is a thing Clarence Thomas has been wanting to get rid of since he was first accused of it back in the 19 fucking 70s. Yep. So, yeah. Number three in, but wait, who owns the water now? Wildfires and heat waves, a glimpse of our climate future. I'm working on a story for Chicago Health Magazine for my column about our our lungs and our ability to adapt to this shit. Harry and I were driving uh, down Irving Park Road a couple weeks ago, and our, the windows were down, and we got there was a truck, and like a plume of you know exhaust came in. And Harry's always been very conscious of it. And he's like, "Oh, Daddy, yuck!" He's like, "Well, our lungs can our something." He, the pronunciation wasn't perfect, but something to the effect of like, can our lungs handle carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide monoxide, whatever. Yeah. Carbon monoxide. Whatever it is. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. It's a carbon thing. And I said, yeah, well, our lungs adapt, Harry, which I think it's not a out and out lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's but, a- listen, there's an, our, our bodies do evolve to our environment. Our, our bodies adapt yeah. to our environment. That's called cancer. <laughs> yeah that's you know like when people get lung cancer from smoking cigarettes for 30 40 whatever it is that is their lungs going well we have to adapt to this thing right so i'm working on this story i'm talking to pulmonologists like carbon monoxide carbon dioxide all that shit's happening and then we've got these wildfires like when we landed in chicago the minute the plane touched down i could smell the the smoke the campfire of canada burning and this is our future. Are, are we going to adapt? Yeah, maybe. And we're all going to have fucking different kinds of cancers now. Like that's, uh, 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 we're, we're in trouble. We are number in trouble. four, number four in failing miserably to imitate Donald Trump from Politico. Why Ron DeSantis is emailing his supporters about men getting pregnant. Ron DeSantis is... He's trying so hard. He's such a dork. <laughs> he is... Like, he's he's Star Wars kid. He's in his garage trying to do a cool thing and just looks like a... Like, hey man, good like effort, a, I guess. But like, like a fat kid with no grace. Yeah. yeah. He's trying so hard. Like, he showed up to summer camp and he had, you know snacks hidden away and video games hidden away and he's gonna like break them up be like i got it cool but his video games are like a game boy from 1991 and his snacks are you know salted dates <laughs> like just uh, yeah just don't man just go away play your game boy under a tree you indoor kid you fucking dork Number five in futile yet funny gestures, Sopranos star Michael Imperioli forbids bigots and homophobes from watching his work. Supreme Court decision allows me to discriminate. Yeah. Sure, man. 
Kurt Cobain did the same thing. Kurt Cobain said to the jocks and everybody's like, we don't want you, this music is not for you. Our music is not for you. Don't listen to it. And of course, you have the right to say that. Sure. But guess what? The jocks and the homophobes are still going to fucking listen to Nevermind and then watch The Sopranos and second season yeah, of White and, Lotus. And White Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm with you, but yeah. Nah. Futile, but funny. And finally, um, and there's actually two headlines. Uh, I'm sorry. Can we just get back for a second? I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yes, please. I just love that he, like, that Imperioli, like, prefaced it with, I don't want homophobes and hate whatever to watch my stuff. Well, the Supreme Court allows me to say it, so you can't cancel me or sue me or anything. Like, yeah. bro, yeah. like, no one's coming for it. Like, it's Nobody's it's coming fine. for you. You're not in trouble. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> nobody's nobody's going to sue you. Um, and the final Rorschach, uh, the two headlines, the first one is, you actually think that's why you aren't getting laid? And the sub-headline, and the sub-headline sub is... Wait, this is an actual headline? No, that's the in. Oh, that's, the, that's okay. not the headline. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then the sub-headline is, if only the Neanderthals had this, in the <laughs> New Yorker, the perils and promises of penis enlargement surgery. Mm. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I wouldn't know what to do with a bigger dick. Other than show it off more, but that would get me canceled? Well, not canceled. You get arrested. Come on. That's what I meant. You got pants. You said canceled. What's the difference? Between being canceled and arrested? Yeah. Well, canceled means you have to go sit by yourself and be sad. And play with my and, gigantic penis. And play with your gigantic, surgically enhanced schlub. And, you know, and, 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 and imprison, you know, imprison means that it doesn't matter how that, big your dick is, work. you're going to get fucked up the ass. Or maybe no, I get Not you. Maybe I no, You aren't fucking. Fuck. No, David. Maybe they're David. forcing me to fuck someone up the ass. David, it, David, no matter how big your dick is, your body still doesn't, uh, you ain't the guy that's going to be fucking dudes in prison. They're going to be fucking you. I'm sorry. I love you with a, with all my heart, but dude, There's you're the guy that gets dude. That's just like, he's a big, he's a big guy. It's not going to happen. Wants to be, he wants a cuddled and I'm, I'm going to be he, his dom. It's not going to happen, but I, I appreciate your, your hope. I'd be a power bottom at least. <laughs> Come on. The Carlton Fisk of Catchers. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing to do. It's a read. And adding on to my already very high. Here's what my plate looks like emotionally. It's not even a plate. You know those super fucking annoying Bloody Mary bars that assholes go to, bankers go to in, on, in Lincoln Park on weekends? Yeah. Where you, you're basically like you can build a fucking like six foot high club sandwich on top of your Margaret, on top of your Bloody Mary. That's what my brain is of emotional shit that I have to get through. I have to get through all this shit in the stupid Bloody Mary before I can actually get to the Bloody Mary. So, yeah, but there's some bacon. Yeah, well, but I'm a Jew, and apparently my father's still bent out of shape that I eat ham. Ugh. 
it's my still brother, delicious. My brother asked, we were at the Western Wall, my brother asked, um, we were joking with our tour guide, Tal, and my brother asked about like Jews and tattoos, because you're not supposed to be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have tattoos, because you weren't born with that. It's unnatural, but it's all bullshit. And Tal said, well, everybody's got tattoos now, so who gives a shit? And my dad said, well, what about, you know, if you're eating bacon? And Tal's response was, well, they bury you. You can be buried in a Jewish cemetery. They just bury you upside down so people can park their bikes in your crack. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, there's a lot to get through. So adding to my a lot to get through with this trip and everything else, a a heavy read called Six Days of War. (laughs) Wow. June 1967 and the Making of the Modern the Modern Middle East by Michael B. Oren. It's a New York Times bestseller. It was first written in So you're recommending this before you finished reading it? I am, because I'm I'm a little bit in and it's already putting things in different perspective. It's providing context I didn't know. Um and I gotta say, like if I if I ever go back to Israel, and I I told Katie this, I would we would go to Tel Aviv and hang out in that cool city. Um, and then take like a day, a day toward a Jerusalem. I would do the Western wall again. Cause that was very cool and emotional, but I would do like a day tour of like six day war or something, you know? Cause like, okay, I've got pictures and I, t- the outside wall of the old city that's been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years is riddled with bullet holes from the six day war. Like it's just six day. It's uh, yeah. Uh, so that's my read six days of war. That's well, but you're gonna since you're recommending something that you have just started reading but are going to read I will recommend something I just started reading um Timothy Egan a fever in the heartland the Ku Klux Klan's plot to take over America and the woman who stopped them oh um and this uh yeah this is something cover my mom- for such a heavy looking book can you show that again yeah. let me see that cover it looks it looks so peaceful. It's very, it's very peaceful because it's it the, like the heartland of America. Like, yeah, but my my mom read it, my sister read it, and they were just bra- bra- bragging. I said, "Well, then give me the copy." And I started reading it, and it's like, "Oh wow, I knew about the Ku Klux Klan, but I didn't know how fucking pervasive." I mean, they were like yeah. the fucking Rotary Club. It was ridiculous how big a deal they were. So, uh, yeah, so that's 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 my that's my read this week. I'm just waiting for Twitter this week where the Rotary Club is posted. <laughs> Due to the earlier episode of the Literate Apecast, we are not, want to make clear, we are not the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> My next thing is uh, is a watch. I'm late to the game on this, but I watched it, started it on the plane. Um, White Lotus on HBO Max. Max, are you talking about first or second season or both? First season. Okay, yeah. Started second season last night, and I'm not digging it as much. And here's why I'm not digging it as much. Because I was so invested in the characters of the first season. Loved it. Second season has, other than like Jennifer Coolidge, it's a a whole new location. It's a different White Lotus. It's in Italy, not in Hawaii. Um, And the first season kind of ends with a few open-ended you know, the sun, well, if you haven't seen, I want to give it a, no spoilers, but yeah. I'm, I, I need, I think I need to break before I get into the second season rather than just like yeah. continue the binge. Well, you know, yeah, the, the thing was is, a lot of fun, really funny. The, 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 what I loved about it is, and I watched both of them a long time ago. Um, 
but uh is the first season is basically about wealth and class mm-hmm. and the second season is about uh sort of uh sexual politics mm-hmm. and so so that you know that 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 plays into it so he's basically taking white lotus and saying all right who are the people that can afford this kind of shit and let's break down their hypocrisies and take a look at it and i, I think it's great i can't i think it's great i think uh, i think his next one from what i understand is it's going to be a white lotus in an eastern country and he's going to deal with religion mm. so so that you know that should be quite interesting i agree with you i agree with you my second thing is I love Mike Pesca's The Gist. It's a podcast. This is a listen. Um, he he basically does The Gist, an interview, and the spiel. Those are his three sections of each thing. Um, and, you know, I like all of his episodes, but the episode called FBI Lost Their Son, I, I don't recommend because of The Gist or the the interview, but for the spiel, he breaks down, apparently, uh, Fallout Boy did an update of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, and he he basically gets into the weeds to criticize how fucking bad Fallout Boy's, and then how he could probably do better. And it's, it's, it's probably 15 minutes of some of the fucking funniest shit I've ever heard. What, who it's is this really again? funny. This is Mike Pesca, P-E-S-C-A. I met him when he... Uh, he uh, uh co-host or he guest hosted wait wait don't tell me 150,000 years ago he was with slate.com um as a premier podcaster and got canceled because of something that was misinterpreted that he said about race his, his i love the gist cuz he's very <laughs> reasonable he wants to you know and, and he's funny he's really funny but this breakdown of billy joel's we didn't start the fire and his i can do better than fallout boy thing is just i listened to it three times cuz it made me laugh so hard so i have been so i've recommended this guy before pet finnerty on youtube he does why this song what makes this song stink he did a live stream about this very thing he's like this is an emergency we got to do it and I started it and then I, I had to come back to it and I can't find it now because it was a live stream and it must have like gone away and he's not yeah. post. And, but it was so, so, so funny. And so I'm going to listen. We're done here. I'm going to go upstairs. I think during the boys nap time, if I can get here to take a fucking nap, I will, I will listen to it because what the <laughs> fuck? I will, what, what I'd like is. It's what my favorite thing is he break what you'll appreciate about Pesca is not only does he break down, okay, these aren't significant events. These aren't aren't, aren't the same significant right. events, but he also breaks down and they don't really know how to rhyme and they don't they have bad rhyme. I mean, he really breaks it down and then offers some suggestions that yeah. are funnier and, and superior. Oh, <clears throat> All right. Um, my last thing to do this week is a read it, okay i haven't read this one yet either i haven't jesus you're recommending things that you haven't even done but here's it's connected to white lotus because okay this is in uh in the atlantic confessions of a luxury wedding planner lies oh. panic and ponies <laughs> so uh, my mom was a wedding planner for yeah however long is she still one no, she's out of the game. She's she okay. does she does some freelance she's stuff. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Kind of freelance. She's over this bullshit. She's like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure. done with this. Yeah. Um. And my mom was is you know, 
the higher end stuff. Like, oh yeah, the frou frou. Yeah, the big bucks. We didn't we didn't hire her to be our wedding planner when Katie and I got married. One because she's my mom, and we wanted her to be a guest and not a wedding planner, and all the politics that come with that. And two, we didn't want to have the kind of wedding that she does. You know? Yeah, yeah. Big fa- just all the fancy bullshit. Um, yeah, fucking weddings can be really stupid. Yeah, they're the worst. I've I I played uh, sang and played my trumpet for hundreds in my college days, and I've had three myself. So, uh, but to that point, this week at the end of this week, I will be officiating my friend uh, Dan Bates and his fiance uh, Joe Breslin's wedding. There you go. Weddings are also wonderful, and they're when they're authentic. And not over the top. Ponies, go you're speaking. You're speaking to the wrong guy because to me, it's like a, 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 a wedding is just like the beginning of the biggest disappointment of your life. But well, they're also that. that. Yeah, that's where that's been my experience again with the 65 year old heart attack. My third thing is uh, go see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's fucking rad. It's excellent. Yeah, but you no. also like Thor: Love and Thunder. No, I did not like Lo- Thor: Love and Thunder. Right? If you first saw it, you did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh wait, no, you didn't. No, that was another. No, I didn't. I was gonna say you're right. I'm sorry. Totally wrong. That was about what you didn't no, no. like, which was like, oh, I fucking hated it. Yeah, I okay. really hated every second of it. No, right. the, what's really good about what, what's really good about this is number one. What well, my dad asked me because my dad loved the first, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, yeah, didn't. Didn't really like Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is um, the weakest one of the three. Yeah. yeah. Didn't really like uh, Last Crusade oh, and okay. didn't see Crystal Skull. Well, the the thing about it is in watching, because I, I, the only one I can't get through again is Crystal Skull. It's just so bad. Garbage. And there's, yeah. it's just, it's just, I can't even watch it's like 20 minutes into it in preparation to see this movie. I couldn't even, st- I just turned it off. I was like, the best part of that movie is the opening sequence where he gets that's nuked about- in the in the, in the refrigerator, refrigerator which is, yeah. is absurd which is stupid but it's, it's the best part anyway anyway this is by far the second best of the entire series of all uh, five really this this is only only second to raiders of the lost ark it is the you know the thing about it is everybody's like oh the uncanny valley dude you know does he yeah it works the 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 de-aging works it's a little uncanny. It's not like they're trying to, but, but what I kept thinking while I'm watching, you know, Indiana Jones as a young man that has been DH, it was like, do we get pissed off when like you take a, you take a, an actor, a young actor and put them in latex makeup and they're old. No, shut the fuck up. This is the same thing. Just reverse. It's fine. Here's it the question about that though. Does yeah. it look, cause I ag- ag- agreed. Like, DH. It's, 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 it make- it's modern makeup, and that's yeah, fine. It looks it looks fine. Does it look like because our big gripe with the Irishman was like the de aging yeah, but- looked great, no. except you have young people who are look like they move like old people. See this? No, what's fun about it is is that in that first twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, it's all you know, young indie with uh, versus the Nazis to set the whole movie up. Um, he's captured, okay. and what I, I and I didn't even think about this until. Uh, until I watched this and I realized Indiana Jones always kind of moved in like an old man. I mean, that's part of his charm. He runs kind of like an old guy. He, you know, when he, when he hangs from something, he's kind of like, Oh, I could just barely, he's, very, he's so, not a superhero. 
No, and he's and never so been it, a superhero. It, it, that never came to play. It's the, the only yeah. moment where I was like, ah, okay, that was bad. Is a is actually not a de-age shot. It's a it's a, a huge cutaway where Indiana Jones is running across a train, mm-hmm. and it's obviously CGI. You know, and, and it, or a stunt double or whatever. No, no, no. It's not a real human. It moves like it's like oh, that looks like bad video game art. You know, and but that's the, but that's not the de-aging. I think. Uh, 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 What's her name? What's her name? Phoebe Waller Bridges. She's fucking phenomenal. Mm. The kid's phenomenal. Mads Mikkelsen is phenomenal. Everything about this movie is fun. And if you are at all an Indiana Jones fan, at the end, you will ball like a baby. Um, and it, I loved it. I, I really recommend it. It was too much fun. I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. All the chases are good. The stunts are good. It's it, and it's not what I really appreciate. It is it's not that fan fiction uh, Star Wars bullshit where it's like we're just going to throw in oh and here's here's why Indiana Jones has a whip. I mean we know that already, right? We've already seen that in another movie. Yeah. So this is really just about him uh, aging and and sort of like his last adventure and why it's it's so much better than. I mean, I guess I would say, I would say, you know, in order, Raiders of the Lost Ark is by far the best. This is Dial of Destiny's the second best without question. I think Last Crusade is number three. I think Temple of Doom is number four. And I would like to burn all copies of Crystal Skull as if it didn't exist ever in my life. And that is my Indiana Jones, you know, thing. You should see it. You'll like it. You really will like it. I plan on seeing it. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad it's good. Great. Yeah. Well, that's the show. That's the I've, show. I've got to go pray. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go stick. A, I'm gonna go stick. I'm gonna go find Madonna and stick a, a prayer up her ass crack. Well, she doesn't have a crack anymore. You got to get it in the hole. Okay, right in the that's hole. Okay. Left. Yeah. 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 I'll fist. I'll fist my my prayer up her ass. So that's good. And that's the show. That's it, baby. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.